Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, it's President's Day. Happy President's Day uh, to everyone. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to visit with Guy Williams. We'll talk about a number of issues uh, going on uh, with the economy not only here in Louisiana, but around the country as well. We'll talk about electric vehicles. We'll talk about whether or not some of the most recent economic data runs counter to the soft landing that we've heard from the uh, Fed Reserve uh, saying that they were trying to achieve. In the 11 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Raphael Goinecci, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission, the governor's executive order declaring a state of emergency due to officer shortage in Louisiana because of a revised statute 14139 regarding payroll padding prohibition. We'll talk about what it actually means um, to the metro area here. And also we start the special session on crime. We'll get Rafi's uh, perspective as it relates to a number of issues that are presented in the call as presented by um, Governor Jeff Landry. Dr. Charles Preston joins us at 1030. North Shore lawmakers uh, over in St. Tammany have called for coroner-elect Christopher Tate to resign following news reports that revealed a detailed decades-old child sex assault charges brought against Tape in New Mexico. Uh, I reviewed the grand jury testimony. I reviewed a number of the police reports in this case. Very troubling. Uh, very problematic and kind of curious as to how we got to this point post-election and that no one knew about this pre-election. Why? Especially in light of the fact that he is a licensed physician. And why has this never been brought to the forefront? We'll try and dig deep on this issue with Dr. Charles Preston uh, at 1030. You will recall that I was very excited about the enforcement that was going to happen uh, on Bourbon Street and throughout the French Quarter. It was announced by the Cantrell administration, and actions speak louder than words. And obviously, there seems to have been a lot of action. We'll talk about some of this with Raphael Goinecci as well in the 11 o'clock hour as it relates to gun seizures. 
and uh, we'll talk about the follow-up, um, some good misdemeanor felony arrest. The follow-up, uh, that is, is relative to whether or not the DA is going to present these cases, and we'll talk about that. One of the other byproducts, though, of this was over the weekend, I typically visit a number of uh newspapers across the country that I don't get a chance to kind of look at um, during the week as much. Um, Just not enough time and too many, quite frankly. Well, I came across an an article that was posted the other day um, in the Miami Herald, and it talks about the number of snakes that were confiscated by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries during the Mardi Gras season in the French Quarter. Kind of struck me. Because I hadn't really seen much here locally reported on it, although it has been reported. Um, but it gives you a good indication of what happens to the way people view us here, as a, you know, with this culture of noncompliance that we experience, and how it's talked about around the country. So the article appears in the Miami Herald, and the headline is 14-foot snake among creatures rounded up in Mardi Gras crackdown, officials say. Well, it's true. A 14-foot python was found with a person wandering through the French Quarter uh, ahead of Mardi Gras, and uh, they were able to seize uh, that, um, that python uh, but that wasn't all that they seized. In fact, they seized, I think it was five pythons in the French Quarter during Mardi Gras. A 14 and a half foot reticulated python, which is a constrictor snake. A three foot Burmese python. Another three foot ball python. And two other pythons were uh, confiscated by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. A 10-foot python uh, uh, as well was confiscated due to its size. So it gives you an indication of what's actually happening down there. If you give an inch, they take a foot. This is, comes on the heels of having confiscated uh, a snake several weeks back. You will recall that we talked about this on the show. It didn't seem, though, to discourage others from coming to the French Quarter and able to show off their wares, in this case, a snake. Uh, And that's why I've always said that unless you do continued and repeated enforcement there to send the message that you are actually serious about doing this, nothing will happen. Is there a worse time to bring snakes of this type, especially constrictor snakes, to an area in the city that has a lot of people visiting there. They also uh, confiscated a um, a possum. It was in the basket of a bicycle as that individual was riding around. One of the snakes that they uh, confiscated, the owner threw the snake down on the ground and ran off. And the wildlife agents had to gather it up and and, and take care uh, of that snake as well. But this gets reported across the country, this this kind of behavior. And this is just one example that's emblematic of setting the tone uh, that we work so hard to make sure that we're doing the right thing as it 
so so that we can increase the amount of tourism uh, numbers and the tourists that come to this city, that we provide a safe and secure area. Um, you know, the gun numbers, although uh, reason to celebrate, but concerning as well, because these numbers get reported across the country of the number of guns that are seized in the French Quarter. And again, unless you are repeatedly out there enforcing these laws, beating back this culture of noncompliance, you're not going to turn the tide as it relates to these types of articles that are appearing in major periodicals and newspapers across the country. And the snake is just an example of what happens and how it gets reported. So congratulations to not only the Cantrell administration, the New Orleans City Council, uh, uh, Freddie King, uh, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Uh, there's, this has been a concerted, collaborative effort, uh, being in the quarter, enforcing the rules, making sure that everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing and they, they don't turn this into a complete it show. And we beat back this culture of noncompliance. Now, hopefully, they're going to prosecute some of these people. And the same holds true with these guns. It's one thing to ask officers to go out there and risk their lives in order to confiscate weaponry in that kind of environment can be very, very difficult. And I suspect that most of these cases are good cases, but they're... A police officer's arrest is only as good as a DA's prosecution. We remember what happened last year, where Emily Ma just willy-nilly started letting people walk as it related to these gun crimes. Obviously, she did not think that it was important enough to really enforce the law and send a message. I think the DA's perspective has changed on that. And thankfully, it's changed on a number of things. I, I know that, you know, as a George Soros back candidate, a lot of people have been really uneasy as it relates to a lot of his policies. It seems as though he's changed. He's had to look victims in the eye. He himself and his mother, a victim. It's a very eye-opening experience when you sit across the table from a victim and they recount the horrific nature of the crime. You begin to wonder and look at yourself critically in the mirror to gain a better understanding whether or not your ideological bent is the appropriate one here. You're going to see a lot of bills in this special session on crime that kind of deal with some of the same issues. There's some things that just rub people wrong, that just don't make any sense. So, for example, a number of felons can serve just roughly a third of their sentence. Why, you may ask. Is there or are there conditions attached to that to be able to walk? It would seem to me that there should be. If you don't have a GED, you should not be able to walk unless you gain a GED. Where you educate yourself, you put yourself in a better position to succeed and rehabilitate oneself in order to attack the recidivism rate that we have in this state 
That should be the goal all the time. You should not be able to achieve certain things without proving to the system, proving to the citizens of the state of Louisiana, that one is willing to go the extra mile to put themselves in a better position than in the position that they arrived in that incarceral state. Without those, what is truly the benefit to the community at large? It's hard to find one. And that's why there's this immediate pushback, not only in this state, but in a number of states across the country. Hopefully we're going to have a robust conversation. Our intent on this show, and this is how we're going to uh, deal with this, is we're going to talk to Rafael Goinecci about some of this today. We're also going to talk to Debbie Villio, um, who is a Jefferson Parish representative who will be carrying a number of these bills for the um, Landry administration. I texted with her um, over the weekend, and and, uh, she has agreed to come on the show to talk about this later on in in the week as they kind of move through getting the bills introduced and assigned to committees, and they start their hearings on a number of these bills. Tomorrow, we're going to start the conversation uh, with a little bit of a different perspective of former state representative, independent representative Joseph Marino. He's a lawyer. He's a criminal defense lawyer who played a critical role in the development of criminal justice reformation. And we'll talk about the process that they went through and why and what some of the practical considerations should be as we move to kind of change some of what was previously passed, and some of which, quite frankly, in some respects, has not yielded the results that folks had promised, nor will they. And the problems of taking the benefit of alleged savings of incarceration and utilizing it to fund and finance alternatives to incarceration and how that actually worked out and how does that reveal itself. All of these are important issues. The other important issue that everyone should keep in mind, it's one thing to increase sentencing guidelines on crimes. It's another thing to increase the number of incarcerations that could potentially take place by creating new crimes. None of this leads to any measurable results unless there are incarceral beds to put these folks in. Right now, the Louisiana Department of Corrections has a human capital problem. They're understaffed. There are a number of of wings and a number of prisons that are not operational because they just don't have the staff to open them. So it's one thing to talk about these measures. It's another thing about putting them into operation where they're actually going to mean something. And nothing impacts this more than what is referred to as truth and sentencing. Truth and sentencing, when it first came up and we had a... um, a a prison population issue where we had no available beds, 
and we began to talk about truth in sentencing, the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office then was one of the few agencies that actually testified against it because they recognized that there would be too much of a competition for a limited asset. There weren't enough incarceration beds available. And we asked of the legislature then, and it's something that the legislature should con- could should consider now, is making sure that there's availability of beds for the impact criminal from every parish, and not just all. Because once we reach the max, that's where the rubber meets the road. Who do we let in, and who stays out, and who backs up? into local parish jails where there are no or little rehabilitative programs available. How do we assess these individuals? How do we get the biggest bang for our buck throughout the system, both vertically and horizontally? It's not just about locking folks up. There has to be a much more meaningful approach to this situation because every day, for example, when I was sheriff in Jefferson Parish, every month, a hundred inmates came back to Jefferson Parish rolling out a DOC. So recidivism should be a serious consideration in what we're doing to beat back those numbers. There, there is a need for reentry, no doubt about it especially when you look at violent crime, more often than not, there's a component of a drug addiction or drug use. And unless we deal with those underlying issues, when they come back out, they're going to be looking for the high of the drug, not the high of of life, without any tools necessary to make sure that they're going to stay out of jail. We have a very high recidivism rate in this state. And one of the reasons is, is that we have BSed people into believing that alternatives to incarceration are cheaper than incarceration. They are, if you don't do them appropriately. They're not if you do what's necessary with the follow-through and the follow-up and the resources that are needed. And when you go to other states and look at those that are successful, that is what you're going to find. A funding source that makes sense to ensure that there will be a level of success as a result of that incarceration, the rehabilitative effort, and the reentry effort into back into our communities. If you short sell one, you will never achieve what you hope to achieve in one man's opinion. We'll be right back. We'll visit with Dr. Charles Preston relative to St. Tammany Parish Corner-elect Christopher Tate. We'll be, stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. There's a controversy brewing on the North Shore relative to St. Tammany Parish coroner elect Christopher Tape. It seems as back in the early 2000s, he was charged with six counts of criminal sexual contact. I had the opportunity to to review testimony given before the state grand jury in New Mexico. And it seems uh, very odd, to say the least, that this has not been revealed uh, through many of different uh, avenues up until this time. He uh, was living with his girlfriend who had a seven-year-old daughter. He's accused of spanking the seven-year-old daughter, uh, making her pull her panties down, spanking her with a belt, and then rubbing the buttocks of the seven-year-old. Oddly enough, it came out during the course of this investigation that he would do the same thing to the mother. And there were some striking similarities as to what he would do and how he would go about doing it. Things that he would say... Uh, mannerisms, uh, things that he would do in order to carry this out. It turns out that the case went away for one reason or another, uh, taking too long, I believe, to bring it to trial was one of the reasons that, that was said. But how do we get to this point where he's running for coroner in St. Tammany Parish and none of this has been revealed in any way, shape, or form relative to medical licensing and all kinds of other issues if he was in fact arrested indicted charged joining us on the line is dr charles preston the saint tammany parish coroner who did not run for re-election this was an open seat and uh, mr tape was actually elected with uh out opposition if my memory serves me correct doctor welcome to the show Thank you, Noel. It's a pleasure to be here. And yes, you're absolutely correct that uh, Dr. Tape qualified on the first day of qualifying. And I said, if a physician qualified, that I would not run for re-election. And of course, at this time, I had no knowledge of any of this activity in, in New Mexico. So he qualified, I did not, and then he was elected by default. So one of the questions that I have, and I don't re- recall ever reading anything about how this actually came up. How did we learn of this? I mean, he had to go through medical licensing. I'm sure he had to cha- transfer his license from one state to another. This never did come up. And uh, that's kind of the concern to me is you're absolutely right. Uh, that this occurred when he was in medical school in New Mexico. So they certainly were aware of it. And then when he finished medical school. He's a physician. He got licensed. He trained in two other states where he would have received a medical license and then received a license in Louisiana, and it never came up. 
Uh, of course, before I hired him, I checked with the board of medical examiners. He had a valid license with no disciplinary action. Uh, I didn't find anything on Google, and so I didn't really have any reason to suspect. Uh, after he had qualified unopposed and became coroner, a, uh, an information packet was delivered to the office. We're not sure where it came from that had a uh, one of these private people searches that revealed the arrest in Albuquerque. And then uh, my office sought to, to get the entire record to see if this was really a frivolous accusation or if there was any meat to it. Uh, again, from my reading of his statement, it's exactly as you say, that he, on two different occasions, spanked this seven-year-old child, uh, what he referred to as punishment for no reason, and then touched and rubbed and fondled her buttock uh, afterwards. In one of his statements, he claims that he was acting in loco parentis, in the, the place of a parent, and since her parent had said that she spanked the child with a belt, he felt that that was appropriate for him to do that. Uh, I will say that Ms. Bernadette has subsequently denied that she ever did that. And uh, as a father of two daughters, I can tell you, I don't believe it's an appropriate role for a, a parent to spank the bare buttock, rub the buttock, but then even after that, uh, to pose her in a position on the bed with her ankles in the air or bent over a, a uh, dresser with her legs spread. And uh, as you alluded to, the mother became very, very concerned because this is the exact same behavior that he exhibited before they had intercourse. So it is apparently part of his arousal behavior. So, and they actually ran warrants on his house. They found all kinds of other uh, pornographic material exhibiting some of the same thing. Um, and uh, also was in possession of material that was um, uh, younger uh, uh, girls, but I, I don't think they were juveniles. They were of age, but they were uh, very young, uh, mimicking some of the same uh, thing that he was carrying out with the seven-year-old daughter. Uh, so what what actually happened with this case? Um, so from reviewing the records that I've been able to obtain from the police department and the courts in New Mexico, uh, there were a number of continuances, and uh, ultimately uh, it got to the point where he hadn't been charged in 14 months and so his attorney was able to go to court and successfully argue that his right to a speedy trial was violated. And so the charge was dismissed. Uh, I, I would make the point that Chris Tape will say that he's been exonerated of all these charges. And I don't really think that's an appropriate description. In my mind, an exoneration is you go to trial and are found not guilty. In this case, he never went to trial because of a successful motion uh, that he didn't get a timely trial. And so every individual is left to 
look at the evidence and judge for themselves. And, you know, I've had an opportunity to look at the evidence in his own handwriting and his own statement. He admits that he spanked her bare bottom on two separate occasions and then rubbed her bottom. And as I say, as a father, I wouldn't consider that appropriate discipline for a child. And in this case, uh, he admits that he wasn't disciplined for any particular reason, that this was punishment for no reason. Well, the interesting thing about the uh, grand jury testimony as well, they described some of the items that they retrieved as a result of a search warrant. And uh, the mother had described that what he did to the ch- her child, he actually had done to her. One of the items they found as a result of the search warrant was a videotape of him, Christopher Deep, spanking an unidentified female in the same fashion as described by the seven-year-old as well as the mother. Um, I mean, that's got that's pretty damning evidence <laughs> as it relates to whether or not he's accusing the mother of uh, lying about him or the young girl lying about him. And and I would agree. And I just want to point out that, uh, you know, he makes the point that this was obtained without a warrant. And I believe that that is correct because the mother who owned the property uh, gave them permission. In fact, she turned it over to show that she wasn't just making this up, that there here was some physical evidence yeah. that shows what his predilections were. You're right. I stand corrected. That that evidence was actually provided by the mother that she found at the house. Correct. But, I mean, you would, you would agree pretty damning evidence in support of the story that they're telling, um, both the, the seven-year-old as well as the mom. I would say it certainly corroborates both the child's statements and the mother's statements, and frankly, Chris Tape's statement. Because in his own handwritten statement, he admits that he spanked her bare bottom in two separate occasions. So what happens now with the medical board here? Are they compelled to to look into this? So again, uh, you know, this evidence really caused me concern as well. Uh, and so my office and, and my staff has worked at notifying every agency that we think should be involved. We've notified the district attorney, Colin Sims, out here. Uh, we notified the board of medical examiners. Uh, we took it to the Judiciary Committee. Uh, and most, well, particularly the uh, board of medical examiners, indicate that all of that information is confidential, is not subject to a records request or a subpoena. So we don't really know what information he supplied to the board relative to this. But we've informed the board, we've shared the information, and so now it's, it's really their decision as to whether they will launch an investigation or if, uh, if he revealed it and they're okay with that uh correct me if i'm wrong but your office plays a critical role in sexual assault cases right absolutely uh you know my office shortly after my election we started the sexual assault nurse examining unit 
which are two full-time nurses who do the examinations on survivors of sexual assault for the entire Florida parishes region. Here in St. Tammany Parish, uh, over the last year, we've begun to do those examinations on children as well. And so, yeah, the coroner serves as the medical director for the sexual assault nurse examiner program. So as the medical director of the program, uh, de facto as being the coroner, no reaction from the medical society as to that either? I have not seen any formal reaction. The, uh, the probably the, I think the most compelling thing is when this information was shared with the North Shore delegation of our state representatives and state senators, uh, that they have, have as a group, uh, called for his resignation before he takes office. So, obviously, he says he's he's fit for office and that he's the right person for the job. And I think he takes office when March in March, right? March twentieth or the twenty fifth. Correct. So there's this move afoot. Uh, what are the possible steps? I mean, what what? This is kind of a weird one for me. Um, I'm not sure what what would come next. Uh, if he steps down, I guess there would be a call for a special election again. But uh, it, what have what if he doesn't? So you're absolutely right. There are only a few options. One is that uh, he considers the well-being of the people of St. Tammany over his personal well-being and steps down. If that happens, the parish council would appoint an interim coroner and then hold a special election. If he does not step down, uh, then the only other uh, option really is to have a recall. And I, I as you might imagine, uh, I've been getting a lot of calls from a lot of concerned folks here in St. Tammany Parish, and uh, there is already a movement afoot to start a recall election in the event that he doesn't voluntarily resign. Let me let me step back for a second. I mean, you're a physician. You've had to apply for a license. There's no place on that application where where you're compelled to reveal this type of uh, of information. Yes, sir. There is. There is a place in the application where you have to reveal whether you've had any any malpractice suits, any arrests, whether they uh, result in a conviction or not, any, any kind of action against your license. And so you have to sign an affidavit that none of that occurred. So, and, and you have to do that with your renewals. So, uh, and, and I suppose, again, this is one of the reasons that I'm trying to uh, bring this to the attention of the public because it has been over and over and over again that he has has been able to conceal this information or to be passed along uh, with really no footprint of it. it. It really took some digging to find this information. And, uh, you know, if you, you saw the David Hammer report, uh, his victim was interviewed and she says it and you can tell from talking to her she was she's been damaged by all this and she really feels like she was uh 
abandoned by the state of New Mexico, abandoned by the medical schools, abandoned by every subsequent licensing authority. And that's why she agreed to come out to make a public statement, to reveal her identity, uh, because she feels like he's just been passed along too many times. And uh, I share that sentiment. So, uh, and, and to be clear, I don't have any intention of working one more day than I need to work as coroner. I am not trying to stay in office, uh, but I, I think it's it's unfair to his victim that that this has been kept concealed for the last 20 years. Uh, you know, I've been around politics a long time. I, I've never seen something like this crop up before. Uh, to this magnitude and 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 so directly uh, connected and correlated to the role that the coroner plays, uh, most importantly in sexual assault cases, where you have a documented case of sexual assault against the incoming uh, elected official. <laughs> and as I was re- as I was reading through all of this and, and looking at the arrest reports and the probable cause statements and everything else, I, I just I don't ever recall a, a, a case like this. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Obviously, a lot of the folks in St. Tammany Parish are incredibly upset by this. Yes, sir. And, and I think you make a really, really good point that, you know, he's going to be in a place where he can direct how the SANE program goes. And I believe he was quoted in the paper saying he's especially qualified for this because he knows what it's like to be falsely accused of a, of a sexual assault. Uh, again, reading the record, he was not convicted, but from his statement, from the grand jury statement, uh, I don't know that I would say he was falsely accused. No, I wouldn't go there either, Uh, not by any stretch of the imagination. Dr. Charles Preston, thank you so much for joining us. Truly appreciate your time. Uh, We'll see where the twists and turns of this end up. Thank you so much. All righty, folks, we'll be right back. That's Dr. Charles Preston, the St. Tammany Parish Coroner. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, folks. Sheriff Randy Smith from St. Tammany Parish has called in. Sheriff, welcome to the show. Good morning, Newell. How are you? Doing well. This is a weird happenstance. Your thoughts? 
I love that word, happenstance. He taught me that when uh, I became sheriff, <laughs> and I love it. Never forgot it. But it is unusual. The credibility is what I'm concerned of with this guy, going proceeding with either a sexual assault case, an arrest, or even a homicide. You know, this, if I'm a defense attorney, would use this against uh, law enforcement in a trial proceedings which would jeopardize these cases that we work. And I know that I've reached out to the attorney general's office, our parish president, also members of our parish council on what we can do and what we can't do to hopefully prevent this guy from taking office. And the only thing I got was without a conviction that there's no possible way unless we do a petition. Now, I think if the leaders of St. Tammy Parish stick together and fight and, and, protest this individual from taking office hopefully he would get the message and and drop out but it is very concerning uh not only to me but the, the chiefs of police the da's office and and of course our judges yeah it, it would be one thing if there was a complete exoneration here uh obviously there was a procedural um you know, failure uh, of the prosecuting lawyers uh, there in New Mexico. And every state has its own unique laws. So you really believe that only the threat of the recall petition uh, is about the only avenue that's available to folks in St. Tammany at the present time? At the present time, yes. And we can we can actually adopt ordinances in the parish to prevent something like this from happening in the future. But I'm more concerned about now as far as doing complete background checks on somebody running for office. You know, we've already had autopsies where our deputies and detectives that are working these cases weren't even allowed to uh, be in the room during these autopsies. And now it makes sense on why. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays yes. out. Sheriff, thank you. it's always good to hear your voice. Uh, thank you so much for calling in uh, because you're right. I think it's the threat of that recall petition is the only thing that's left as an opportunity and a choice for the um, electorate of uh, St. Tammany Parish. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. It's going to be interesting to see where this ends up with Dr. Christopher Tape and St. Tammany Parish Coroner-Elect takes office on March the 25th. We'll report back to you on what we're hearing. When we come back after the top of the break news, we'll visit with Raphael Goyanechi, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. We'll talk about the special session on crime. We'll talk about Mardi Gras arrest. A lot of guns being confiscated during Mardi Gras. Next step is are we going to prosecute same? And we'll talk about the call for that special session uh, as well. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Raphael Goyanechi. And in the 12 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Guy Williams, and we'll talk all things economy. We'll be right back, folks. This is Newell on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 